one strike from victory. Two outs. And here's what you pay to see the best ever. Baronta jumps on this pitch deep left field. What's going on, Birdland? Steven here for the Final Strike Podcast. New episode underway, brought to you by the Baltimore Battery. We are going to get started. Winter meetings have wrapped up, and the biggest thing coming out of the winter meetings for the Orioles was the signing of Craig Kimball um, to a contract for the 2024 season, $13 million dollars. Uh, actually, it's $12 million with a $1 million buyout, which would make it $13 million if we were to go ahead and not pick up his option. Um, and then there's an option for $13 million for the 2025 season, um, which, based off how he pitches next year, might not be a bad move, especially since at that point, you have Felix Bautista coming back from his Tommy John surgery. So, um, good move. Um the interesting aspect here is, you know, Birdland didn't seem to have a problem with it when his name was mentioned, along with Aroldis Chapman, um, Josh Hader. You know, we did our due diligence, and, you know, the price was right for Hoffman, who had a pretty decent season last year for the Phillies. I mean, he was 23 of 28 in saves. Um had a couple holds, um, good ERA, you know, he struck out, you know, 10 batters per nine. So, you know, this is a guy who's eighth on the all-time save list with 417, uh, which currently ranks as second among active pitchers in baseball. Uh, Kenley Jansen has 420. Um, so you, it's, it's a good veteran pickup who has postseason experience. Um, fits really well into the scheme of things. And when you think about it, you know, Yanir Cano excelled as a setup man. Um, Not so much as a closer and nothing against Yanir, but you have to have a different mindset when you're closing. Um, Not everybody can close just like not everybody can start. So, you know, that has to be taken into consideration and, I think a lot of people were upset that this happened because they had different expectations for what the Orioles might do. But on the grand scheme of things, it's a pretty good move. And, you know, if it works to our benefit, you know, great, because it gives us a closer for the 2024 season. Um, That's what we need. And, you know, we don't have to go beyond that. Um, It's interesting to a T because there's not a lot of wiggle room in the bullpen. Um, Michael Bauman's out of options. Cole Irvin's out of options. uh, Jacob Webb is out of options. Sionel Perez is out of options. And Danny Coulom is out of options. Um, Dylan Tate's going to be returning next season. And then you have Yenier Cano. You know, that's a good, formidable bullpen if they can pitch up to what they did last season. The other advantage is you have Tyler Wells and D.L. Hall who can both fill in as long relief swing starters. So you don't have to exhaust Tyler Wells with, you know, 140, 150 innings of pitching when you can split them between him and D.L. Hall. And that might actually be a benefit because right now, as is, 
the rotation should slot something to the effect of Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, Dean Kramer, Tyler Wells or D.L. Hall, or possibly somebody from the minor leagues, you know, that, that earns a spot. That's a pretty strong rotation. And, you know, talking with people on, on X, formerly of Twitter this week, a lot of people's concerns is, well, John Means, you know, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But in 2019, he pitched 152 innings. Uh, we had the shortened season in 2020. In 2021, he pitched 146 and two-thirds of an inning. And then, you know, we lost him basically 2022. So he was gone most of 2023, but he came back, pitched four starts, had a little over 24 innings. Um, you know, and that was with, you know, the first two times out, he was only allowed to pitch two, three innings before we let him go. Um, I, you know, he's 31. He's still under contract. He's a very good lefty. And when he's been pitching, he's on, he's, he's, he's one of the better pitchers in the game. Doesn't have blow away stuff, but his, his changeup is nasty. His secondary pitchers, pitches are, are, are phenomenal pitches. And it's really what helps him excel. I think people are discrediting means because he hasn't been there the last two seasons, but he was there for us down the stretch last year and he pitched to a sub three ERA in his four starts. So I think until we see what happens, jumping to the conclusions of saying what will happen is, is, you know, pressing. Yeah. We lost, you know, Kyle Gibson and his 190 innings. Is that going to be replicated? More than likely not. But when you think about it, Bradish is more than capable of pitching 160, 170 innings. He he just was outside of the 150 inning realm last last season. Um, Grayson Rodriguez, he should be close to 150 innings, maybe a little bit more. You you get. John Means, 25, 30 starts, you know, at five innings, that's 150 innings. If you get 30 starts, you know, he's probably closer to getting you close to six innings. So he might be good for 160 innings this year. Is coming back from the Tommy John, I know that's got a lot of people worried. But if you remember, before he had the Tommy John, he started two seasons with shoulder uh, fatigue and shoulder soreness. So the Tommy John might have fixed that because eventually it seems like this ligament was stretched to the point it ended up tearing, which led to the Tommy John surgery. So it's a possibility that the surgery is more beneficial than people realize to John Means because of what he was experiencing before the Tommy John surgery ended up having to happen. So it's I think we should take more of a wait and see approach. Dean Kramer. He's pitched really good for us the last two years. Um, I know on the surface, the stats don't scream, you know, good, great pitcher. But Dean Kramer has actually been asked about by other teams. I don't know if anybody is really aware of that, but other teams have inquired about Dean Kramer. But Dean Kramer does slot in as a good three or four starter for a lot of clubs and that's exactly where he should be with us um if you can get 140 150 innings out of your fourth starter that's that's what you need i mean 
you get 150 innings out of your top four starters, you're talking about 600 innings right there. You know, and when you take the math of that and, you know, on a good note, if you go 162 games times five innings, you come up with 810 innings. If you can get five innings out of those guys, you know, over the course of their starts, you know, 600 innings over four guys, that leaves 210 innings for, you know, a bullpen day, you know, your fifth starter to come up with, uh, a couple fifth starters to come up with. So, you know, there is a realm of possibility where realistically we don't really need to change much when it comes to our starting rotation. And in that aspect, it kind of opens up my opinions on Dylan Cease coming to Baltimore. Um, I kind of have a feeling that Chicago is overvaluing Dylan Cease. And to them, it's, it's understandable why they have the value they have. But reality is, it was rumored last season when the Orioles were linked to Dylan Cease that the White Sox were trying hard to get Jackson Holiday. I would say there are 28 other GMs in baseball who know Jackson Holiday is off the table. I would put Heston Kerstad and possibly Samuel Baseo as close to untouchable prospects at this point. Um, but the Orioles were apparently the front runner to land Dylan Cease at the meetings, and then it was reported that there was a deal close to being done. And then all of a sudden, nothing. And then it was the White Sox are going to take a wait-and-see approach. Basically, they want to wait to see if that pitcher from Japan, um, Yamashita, Yama, yo, I don't want to say his name wrong. Anyway, the top free agent pitcher from Japan, the 25-year-old, who's rumored to want a nine-year contract upwards of $200 million. Um, anybody who signs him, you know, you're flipping a coin, you know, cause you don't know what you're going to get. This guy has not pitched in the major leagues before and things are done differently over here than in the Nippon professional league. Um, pitchers usually go on six days rest. Um, there's usually a limit to the amount of innings they can pitch in a week. And the approach and setup is a lot different. So, you know, the transition to the American game is not always easy. I mean, Otani struggled for two years to adjust to the American game. You know, uh, Tasaki Matsusaki, Dice K, he started out pretty good, but then towards the end of his career, uh, struggled. Um, you know, it, you have Kenji Sahara and over with Segura with the New York Mets. Pretty strong season last year. But the thing is, they come over here and they're relatively new to us as well as us to them. So the pitches that they're throwing that pitchers haven't seen or batters haven't seen are going to look really good their first and second year until batters start figuring it out. And... 
then you start getting situations like what the Yankees had, where the last four years of Dice K's time in New York was either getting shelled or a very dominant outing. It was no consistency whatsoever. Um, he battled injuries. He battled shoulder fatigue. He just was not the same guy that the Yankees had, you know, you know, thought they were getting. And somebody's going to give this guy the nine years or eight years or seven years, and they're going to give him $200, $300 million. And then we'll see what happens. But I, I kind of think these Nippon professional players demanding that type of money before they even step foot on a diamond in the major leagues is kind of ridiculous. But it's baseball. Everybody thinks they can fix the next person. Everybody thinks that they can do something no other about it. Nobody else did it in the majors. It's the name of the game. Um, but the fact that the White Sox are waiting, taking a waiting and seeing approach to see who will come out after not being able to sign this pitcher from Japan makes me wonder that either they're not getting the value that they're expecting from the trade or they're asking for astronomical pieces on purpose so they don't have to lose Cease. Uh, Dylan Cease is under control this year and next year before he becomes a free agent. So any team who's getting him is getting two years of the pit of, of his you know, of his rights. And that's something that is enticing to many teams, but doesn't necessarily mean that you're willing to break the bank and give up on your top prospects for it. A pitcher like Corbin Burns, you know, he's under contract this season and then a free agent. Um, Jesus Lazardo for the Marlins. He, he's an enticing piece. Um, Justin has long been on board of, you know, trying to get him to come to the Orioles. He's still relatively young with a few years of club control under it. So, you know, he's one you might be able to move somebody like Colton Kowser, Dylan Beavers, um, Kobe Mayo, Connor Norby, you know, in a package to get. And, and I just, I kind of feel like if we start putting Colton Kalzer and Joey Ortiz and Connor Norby and Kobe Mayo out there for a pitcher for one year of service, is it really worth it? Especially when we have four really good starters already. And, you know, I think based off what I'm seeing on X, a lot of people are looking for reasons to make a trade make sense. Where... A trade doesn't have to make sense. We have the ability to outbid anybody. And I just don't see the necessity to overpay for somebody who has a higher valuation than what we think. I personally, and this is me, don't see Dylan Cease as anything better than a number three starter. Uh, some people think number two, you know, but I do not see him as a frontline starter for sure. And, you know, he's five seasons. He's had two good seasons. He's had two eh, seasons. And he's had, in the strict shortened season, all right season. So, you know, 
Not really sure what you're going to get. Coming to Baltimore, yes, you're going to have a better defense behind you. You're going to have a more pitcher-friendly ballpark now. So there are advantages, and sometimes a change of scenery is all you need. I mean, take a look at Jake Arrieta. You know, he he became a Cy Young Award pitcher once he was traded from the Baltimore Orioles. Kurt Schilling, you know, Hall of Fame career. It's not in there, but he had a Hall of Fame career after, you know, being moved on from in Baltimore. So, you know, sometimes a change of scenery is all a pitcher needs to excel and get better. Um, Eduardo um, Rodriguez is off the board. He signed with the Arizona Diamondbacks, four years, $80 million. Um, Not a bad contract, not a great contract. I'm kind of iffy going four years on any pitcher, um, especially a pitcher who has an injury history such as Eduardo Rodriguez. So I'm not too upset about losing him. Uh, it's not the end of the world. Once again, I think our priority should be in the bullpen and not so much as the rotation unless, you know, we get a good deal that that benefits us without having to bet the farm. So I'm fine with us not making a deal for Cease. If one does transpire, great. If one doesn't, I'm fine with that. And I think that's the mindset we have to take. I think we need to stay away from, well, we have to have this. We don't have to have anything. We proved last year without signing any huge free agents that we can win 101 games. With the pitching staff we had, Kyle Gibson was the biggest addition. He's gone. You know, that's 15 wins, gone, and 190 innings. But we're also getting John Means back. We're going to be getting Dylan Tate back in the bullpen. So it's almost like we're getting free agents to fill positions that we need. And I think that's how we need to look at things. Another thing that came out of the winter meetings was Scott Boris acknowledging that the Orioles have reached out to him at least once a day about extensions for Gunnar Henderson and even Jackson Holiday, who hasn't yet played in the majors. But the fact that he's admitting that the Orioles are reaching out shows that the Orioles have a willingness to extend certain players. Now, I haven't heard anything from Adley Rutschman's agent, so I don't know if the same calls are being made to him or not. But the fact that cornerstones of the franchise are being contacted already about extension should tell you the Orioles are, are playing the game. They're, they're not the cause of if these players leave. And the one thing with Scott Boris, um, before I move on from this, Scott Boris has a way of maximizing value for his players for a majority of them. It doesn't always work, but for a majority of them. Then again, he also has moments where he has the player hold out thinking to the last possible minute that people are going to get into a bidding war and get these players higher price contracts. As Nelson Cruz saw one year, that doesn't always work out that way. So, you know, there there is a risk-reward to it all, but he usually does get his players some good money. Whether he's good for the owners, I don't know. You know, certain owners he does have a good rapport with, and certain teams he does, others he doesn't. I don't know. We still have time to work on that with Gunnar Henderson. You know, we've yet to see Jackson Holiday play in the majors. Of course, what he has done in the minors is phenomenal. So, you know, it, it's not the Orioles on this one, um, the way many people think. Um, so I don't know what Angelos is willing to pay. But the fact that the Orioles are making the phone calls means he's willing to open the checkbook for the right reasons. Speaking of the Angeloses, 
And this is huge because this is in the early stages, but we're still trying to find out and gather more information. But as reported by Bloomberg News, David Rubenstein, uh, the one of the co-founders of the Carlisle Group, uh, it's a group that manages over $382 billion worth of properties. Um, so it's a lot of money. On top of that, Mr. Rubenstein is also valued at $4.6 billion. The Orioles are currently valued at $1.7 billion, according to Forbes. So the fact that there's early stages listening that he's a front runner to buy the Orioles or has approached the Orioles about a sale definitely is huge. I know Birdland is looking forward to anybody but Angelos running the team at this moment. Also, it makes some sense as to what's going on with the lease and why it hasn't been signed. So early stages, early Christmas present uh, to add to the Christmas wish list, but we'll see and we'll update more as we know more. So that's all I, we can give right now because we don't know much more other than he's approached the Orioles about it. He's interested in it, and he did try to buy the Washington Nationals before. So we'll see. We'll see what the Angelists want to do, and hopefully we get an owner with some moxie who's willing to spend some money to keep what we have together and make sure that our team is taken care of. On that note, um, please visit thebaltimorebattery.com. Um, without them, I wouldn't be here doing this. Um, so there's a lot out there. New edition of Around the Nest has come out. In this edition, by written by me, we do discuss the inner workings of the lease um, and some of the outlines of it. Uh, there will be a part two to that series coming out this upcoming week. So be on the lookout for that because we're going deeper on that. We have some interviews with some town executives uh, or neighborhood executives for, surrounding the Baltimore area. And there's some interesting information you're going to want to look into. R.J. Delberto uh, okay, has a post out about five free agent relief pitchers he should target this offseason. Zachary, who's been very busy, um, he has the Rule 5 draft recap. Um, he also has five potential fits for the O's in the Rule 5 draft. Of course, it's come and gone. We didn't do anything. Um, five of those prospects that could get traded this offseason. Jared also had an article coming out about what the Orioles should keep their eyes on or fans of the Orioles should keep their eyes on for the winter meetings. Great article. When Jared drops an article, you're definitely getting a bright spot there. So definitely be on the lookout for him. He is our editor-in-chief, so he is the one behind the scenes making sure our articles pop and are doing what they're supposed to. Also, um, Zach has a great article about about um, five Orioles pitchers that you may have forgotten about from the 2010s. And even Justin got in there to talk about the new hire, Drew French, as the new pitching coach for the Baltimore Orioles. So quite a bit of reading out there. Um, possibly another article coming out in the next day or two uh, by me, um, one by Zach. So be on the lookout for that. And like I said, next week around the Nest edition um, is a two-parter from last week. So it'll be edition number 17. Uh, or edition number 18, I apologize, but it's a two-parter from 17, so kind of a continuation of that. It's definitely something you don't want to miss out on um, with a lot of information that you might know versus what's being told by the state of Maryland, Maryland Transportation Authority, and the governor's office by the Orioles' state mom. 
Um, want to give a big shout out to Scooters for Rent uh, for sponsoring us. Without them, the lights would not be on and we would not be doing this either. So if you're in the Maryland, Delaware area and you're looking for mobility products, give Scooters for Rent a call at 302-280-6203. Tell them Stephen from the Final Strike sent you. Also, they are at the Winterfest of Lights in Ocean City, Maryland with Scooters for Rent. Uh, so you can do the walkthrough portion of the park. Uh, so come on out there, give them a ring, tell them once again, Stephen from the Final Strike sent you. Other than that, I want to wish all our listeners who celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays to everybody else and Merry Christmas. Um, we should be back before then, but just in case we always want to give our, our thanks out. So thanks for listening, Birdland. Until next time, peace out. And as always, Code Orange, go Birdland. One strike from victory. Oh, wow. And here's what you pay to see. The best ever. Marauds and a chance on this pitch. Deep left.